And that goes right into our ad read. Guys, this podcast is sponsored by the Church of Satan. Santa. You you read that wrong. Oh, is that Santa? (sighs) Yeah. Oh. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Shenantics, the Internet's TMZ with your host, M. Colin Skanky. Welcome back, Skanky. How are you today? TMZ, huh? I like that. Yeah, yeah. I feel my like... mom watches TMZ a lot. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I, my mom watches Entertainment Weekly? Nightly? Weekly? EW? I don't EW. know. EW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It, I... There's a there's another one that they do. Um, oh, have you watched Extra? Extra, like, extra, 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 extra. Right? Uh, Yo, yeah. That 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 stuff's insane. Maybe she watches that one. I find it like like nails on a chalkboard. Like there's yeah. something about it. Like like if I'm like visiting with my mom and she has it on, and I I I have to have her turn it off because I just I can't. I can't. It's it's yeah. I just feel like. Like during the pandemic, especially, they've been a little bit more lazy. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, "We're checking in with Chris Pratt. How's he dealing with quarantine?" <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like him on a Zoom call, <laughs> like, "Yeah, I'm home. It's, it's pretty crazy." I feel, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I feel like. What it, else do you do? <laughs> it's true. It's true. I um, I will say this with with television, like the like regular show production type stuff i haven't watched much of them but i actually like last week tonight's format better during covid than before like i i think i i prefer john oliver without the studio audience he's he the, the first time yeah go on what were you gonna say i, I was saying like he i think i feel like he delivers his jokes better when he doesn't have to awkwardly pause for the studio laughter and then start up again like uh-huh. he kind of starts to get into a rhythm and i just I, I dig it the first time i thought it was weird but i think that's what you were gonna say but yes that's exactly what i was gonna say i thought it was very weird the first time i watched it mm-hmm. because you're expecting the laughs yeah yeah. And it doesn't happen, and you kind of feel bad because you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that was funny! Like, why is no one laughing?" <laughs> yes, right? Yeah. Because it's like I'm sure it brings back bad memories from him as a comedian, Probably. where he would say a joke and nobody like would laugh at it. I think he even right? I think he even did pause a bit too, like to wait. Like I think it was so ingrained in the way he was like delivering things, yeah, that he would still like pause like a half a second and like then realize he wasn't supposed to and yeah it was those first like two episodes were really they felt weird but i wonder how much time he saves like if you took all the time where he has to wait for the studio audience to laugh Mm -hmm. and you combined it for one episode how much time that would be Mm, yeah that sounds like a good project for our interns we should that does sound like a good project for our interns to find out. Yeah. For no real reason, by the way. There's, there's no important, there's no w- reason to know that. No, but the, the best would see, this is why I just wish I had like endless money because then we could have like Shenantics Incorporated, we could have interns and we could have them research this. And we'd be like, oh, it's for next episode. We'll have them do the research, you and I will read it and then we'll forget to talk about it next episode. Exactly. <laughs> and then we'll probably never talk about it ever again. It'll be perfect. It's great. So it's And then the intern will be like a little self-conscious to bring it up to us because they don't <laughs> want to make it seem like we're dumb <laughs> yeah, because right. they still want their job. But like at the same time, they're kind of pissed. So it's like a growing resentment over many many years yep. until they finally leave a terrible review on our glass door page <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my god see look how look how great this alternate reality would be i just someone just give me money just so no, I'm cold. This, this is the reality oh, <laughs> no <laughs> we are severely in debt yeah <laughs> yeah right i'm like oh severely. that's how the interns are getting paid yeah so oh great all right well we'll you know we'll just declare bankruptcy in a few years and we'll be good to go i think it'll be it'll be fine clean slate you know more about that than i do say so. chalet say chalet say, so that's where we put our bank accounts <laughs> that's where we put our bank accounts and that's where we're going the shell corporation out of say chalet out of seashells the shell corporation out of seashells. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be perfect i can't wait it's gonna yeah we i love it we are we are truly geniuses so i think so um 
No, but one thing we did say, and by we, I mean, I told you that we would talk about next week. At, yeah. Which that's this week now. Um, which it, is not next week, but it's yeah, a yeah. couple. This yeah, is why we don't, get it. This is why we don't cover current news because it, it stays so fresh and so clean, clean. They, sure. uh, but I was, I was, so we're, I wanted to talk about Spotify and okay. how I'm worried that Spotify has sparked the death of podcasts in my opinion. Really? Yeah. I think that's that a big statement. It's it. Well, they're a big company. You got big statements go with the big companies. Okay. But, um, this, this all kind of was, I was thinking about this when everyone was writing their commentary around, was it Joe Rogan or whatever that signed an exclusive deal with Spotify for insane amount of money yes. um, to put his podcast on there. And <clears throat> if you look at, what Spotify has been doing over the last couple of years, like they've been positioning themselves pretty strongly in the, I wouldn't even say the podcast market, but just like the podcast like content market, um, but between purchasing various, uh, podcast studios like Gimlet, um, and stuff like that, and they're kind they of did purchase Gimlet. They did. They? Yep, they purchased Gimlet. That. Uh, they purchased another. They purchased another one too, um, and they also have just a. They're creating a lot of exclusivity agreements with a number of podcasts like Joe Rogan's, and it's. I feel like it's problematic for two things. Like number one, I can I can say this as somebody that's kind of you know, that we, we've submitted and have a podcast on Spotify. Um, it's kind of backwards to what caused podcasts to be what they were and are today, right? Like, like serial, when it took off and it was so popular, one of the nice things about it is that everyone can listen to serial irregardless of what platform they use because it's, you know, podcast is kind of platform agnostic and, with Spotify, like with them moving into the market with these exclusive, like these exclusive deals, they're kind of putting podcasts back behind a walled, kind of walled garden approach, and it makes sense for them, right? Like if you look at it, why does why does Spotify want to get into podcasts? Well, every minute of audio that I play on Spotify costs them money, yeah. but every you know, minute of audio I play when they now have podcasts off of, you know, in their uh, library, they're all of a sudden making more money on me as a subscriber. Um, And so it's like, obviously they want to get into it. And which is also why one of their genius features is like the morning drive or whatever, where it's like they intersperse music and podcast content. So like the idea is like it replicates like your morning radio when you're driving to work. And it's like, that's genius because now you've taken what I would maybe listen to just music all the way into the office. And now you're giving me other news content, which I find valuable, but you're also not paying for. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's, you kind of, you have this weird ecosystem where, now they're paying Joe Rogan tons of money to be on Spotify. We're not getting anything, so we're helping the Spotify bottom line because their subscribers mm. are getting our content. And it's kind of it's leading to this area where I feel like we're going we're going to have a rush to all the big main companies trying to gobble up what the big podcasts are, put them behind their own walls, and then the podcast market doesn't really exist anymore. And it's going to be kind of annoying. Um, Audible did this before, but they didn't call them podcasts. They called them like, you know, Audible Originals or something like that, which was mm. like short form fiction or nonfiction audiobooks that you can get for free through their app uh, if you just create a free Audible account. And now that's part of their paid plan. And so I could see the same thing happening with Spotify, where it's like, if you like, okay, Joe Rogan's exclusive, but don't worry, you just need a free Spotify account. Well, then maybe in two or three years, well, Joe Rogan is part of, you know, just Spotify premium account, right? And then it's like, uh-huh. well, now that's not what podcasts were. Like that's, you know, Joe Rogan's radio show only on Spotify, but they still call it podcasts. So they're kind of like watering down the brand. And I, I worry that they're eventually going to kill it when, you know, Joe Rogan's on Spotify, this other one's on Amazon, Shenantix is on Google's. Like, it, it's just like, okay, if you want to listen to it, find the thing that will take it. Also, I have to just say it as a user. First of all, I don't use uh, podcasts in Spotify, but the little bit I have has been insanely annoying. Um, first of all, like, 
they for ones that have like if it's a Spotify owned production house, let's use Gimlet. So if I listen to Reply All in Spotify, they still have the ads inserted. And so it's like instead of being nice Gimlet ads, now it's like Spotify ads that are kind of shoved in the middle of it and as a Spotify premium user, I does it doesn't take the ads away from me, right? Like, but if it, uh-huh. on music it would, and then on Spotify exclusive ones, the ads are also still there. So it's not even like a podcast I can get anywhere, and they're like, oh, we didn't bother taking the ads out. It's like a Spotify only podcast and hosted only on their platform, yet it still plays ads for their premium users and for the free accounts, and that just seems backwards. And it's like, if you really want to do it right, and you're going to make this inconvenient for me where I can only listen to that podcast in Spotify, at least, like, you know, do it right and take the ads out for the premium users. But so it's not even like they're doing a good job of what they're bringing to the table. Um, yeah. And then my brother has listened to a few uh, podcasts in Spotify, and he points out that it's really annoying for him because if he uses um, and like his mobile device, it sorts the podcast one way and it plays it one way. And if you go back to the desktop, it sorts it completely different and plays it differently. And mm-hmm. so if you're going to like yeah. back catalog stuff, it just it doesn't work the same between all of it. So it's like this is something that seems like a side hustle to Spotify, but it could end up you know, disrupting and changing the market in the long term. It's like, well, if you're going to fuck over an entire market, at least do it the best you possibly can on your own platform. Mm. But I don't know. So I have opinions. Yeah, tell me. So uh, a little back and forth on the opinions. So I guess number one, I think I agree with you because I don't like uh, monopolies, Mm -hmm. right? And I think Spotify, in some cases, has a bit of a monopoly over kind of music streaming services. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also like Spotify, because I use it. Mm-hmm, and yeah. um, I think uh, maybe generally what we're seeing a lot in businesses nowadays is that we we, f- we have good monopolies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or quote unquote, uh, your friendly neighborhood monopoly. <laughs> like Amazon, which uh, gives you absolutely ridiculously insane service mm-hmm. that it forces you to use them, right? Yeah. Because like, how could you not use it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or like Spotify. Right, it gives you an unlimited amount of music, mm-hmm. pretty much, almost for like ten bucks, yeah, a month. Right, yeah. like how could you deny that? How could you not do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Spotify though too because they're Swedish. Okay, you know that they're not an American company. I did that. I, I didn't know. I I think maybe I didn't know that. I feel like I might have, but now, if you were to ask me where like where Spotify was based, I don't, I would not have said it's Sweden. Yeah, they're Swedish. I didn't know that. I just looked it up on the Wikipedia. Okay. So I guess what I wanted to do, uh, and that was just a joke. I don't really care that they're Swedish, but I think <laughs> it's interesting that they're not American, right? They're an yeah. American company. Yeah. So I guess my, my, my thing is, what do you think about, I was, when you were talking about how like you were talking about exclusivity and how you were afraid that it was kind of going to dominate the market, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. But as a devil's advocate counterpoint, how do you explain Sirius XM and like Howard Stern? So is that different? It isn't, but I think that one thing that's interesting is that I would say the open the way that the podcast market is now is that it kind of has surpassed Sirius XM. Like if you compare mm-hmm. the Joe Rogan deal and the Howard Stern deal that Howard Stern did with his exclusive stuff for Sirius XM back in the day, um, and I think he just renewed it two years ago, it's like orders of magnitude different money. And mm-hmm. Howard Stern, I would argue, is substantially less relevant now after he put himself behind the Sirius XM paywall than he was sure. before. And I think that if like, I think I almost think that like he might've been better off if he didn't renew a Sirius XM. I mean, it's the easier money for him, but if he, let's say he, let's say he cared more about expanding his influence. I would argue that that Howard Stern might have been better off if he didn't renew a Sirius XM and instead released a, like as a podcast platform um, yeah, and was able to syndicate his content out that way and collect mm. the ads because apparently Joe Rogan, the content he's putting out is worth more than what Howard Stern's is these days. And so sure. I would say that that 
could have that could have hurt and the hard thing is is like did it hurt Howard Stern no he made tons of money with these deals right like to say this is bad for him is you know can't really say that but if his goal is to expand his influence and reach and be an influential figure I don't think that's worked out in the long run mm. by being exclusive to Sirius XM so here's my next question what do you think um and I lost it. So while you think about that, I want to go back real yeah. quick about the about the good, the you know, quote unquote good monopoly. And mm-hmm. it's like if you look at Amazon, like it's it's kind of forced on our throat, but part of it is is because it makes it so fucking easy. And it's like it's it has a monopoly because they also offer the best of it you know like it's, yeah and with this feels like spotify kind of moving into the monopoly type thing with the exclusive content it's not so much that you're offering the best it's like you're trying to you're, you're trying to find like a gateway to trap people into you know what i mean like it'd yeah. be different if okay. it's like with amazon um and i mean they do do this at from my understanding they do this or it seems like they do that there is some exclusive content and stuff that you'll get there. Like, let's not talk digital, right? Let's talk the physical monopoly that they have, but like there is some stuff that you can only find on Amazon. But the main reason I go to Amazon is just, it's so damn easy, right? It's not because it's like, I have to go to Amazon to get the tent I want. It's like, no, I go to Amazon and get the tent I want because I know I'm going to have it tomorrow. And sure. Like that's, that to me feels different than the walled garden that Spotify is building. But at the same time, if they are able to collect enough of the best content, well, then they're going to make it so damn easy that I only launch one app and my music and all the content I want is in that one app. So yeah, so I guess get there. Yeah, so I remember what I was going to ask before. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you're, uh, you know, I don't really know anything about this business at all. So if you're a company, mm-hmm. how do you make money off of people putting their podcasts on your platform? So, like, how does Apple make money off of people putting podcasts on Apple? I think Apple's a weird one because I feel like they kind of fell backwards into it. They like host it, right? They don't even make money off of it. How would you make money off of it? Well, they don't. They don't host anything. So they all. Well, I would say what they host is just the aggregate. They redirect the US the URL or whatever. Yeah. So they 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 just host the directory, right? So like, so if anything, maybe they cache the like cover art for Shenantics, but they don't touch any of our files. So the amount of cost to Apple and Google and Spotify for our podcast, at least. Uh, is zero, essentially zero, to have us on there. Um, I think that Apple kind of fell into it where it's like they put it in as this feature. It was always kind of like this dark horse little thing that some people were really passionate about, but then it took off, and, well, now they kind of have to keep supporting it. <laughs> and yeah. I think for them, it maybe it kind of... Is, it, and it's different also in the mobile world. I think when we were all using laptops and desktops podcast could help apple because it keeps you in the itunes ecosystem and so yeah. it's like oh this is my podcast here then i'll just move over to the itunes store to buy music um although doesn't the itunes store not exist anymore now it's just it's just music i whatever, think it's right? just music now but the, it's yeah, also the apps iTunes. are separate the podcast app and the music app are two different things yeah on yeah. all the devices is my understanding so i guess my my well, sorry we're we gonna say something else oh i was just gonna say but for spotify though it's mm-hmm. they make money because they collect $15 for me no matter what. And yeah, yeah. If let's say my, my listening switches from 90% music to 90% podcasts, there's a possibility that I feel like I, that $15 isn't worth it. But yeah. if I'm still at 90% music, like maybe they can kind of m- make it so that I listen to less music and thus they pay less royalties, but I still sit day within their platform. And so then Shenantics, sure. like we're just feeding their bottom line because they don't pay a shit for royalties. So yeah. I think that I could see that being their long-term goal with this on how to make really good money on podcasts, but I don't think they're really making much in the short term on it. Yeah. Okay. So I guess this is their idea of how do we make money off of podcasts? Because mm-hmm. I guess there's not other companies like you don't make money. Like, I guess let's think about... Um, what's the one that Conan does? Headgum? Is that what it is? Or is it one of the... It's one of those companies that produces Conan's podcast. Yeah, I don't remember. That sounds right. 
So I guess their idea is if we take the production, although I guess they're not producing what's his face's podcast. Mm -hmm. I guess the, the only way that you used to make money before is that you produce the podcast. You take the ad revenue mm -hmm. and you you take a cut, right? Because mm -hmm, yeah. you're producing the podcast. Yeah. So that's different. Mm -hmm. But if you have an exclusivity deal, mm -hmm. that's a whole new model yeah. of making money on a podcast that I don't know if that's been done unless you consider SiriusXM and Howard Stern that. And it's not really that. It's like radio. It's different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say. And I would almost say like, like realistically with the Spotify thing, it feels more like radio, but they're just keeping it under the podcast kind of title i think that yeah i think that we've seen exclusive type deals with these come to fruition where they started with podcasts but i i think that most of them have jumped to other areas of media right like mm. like something that might have started as a podcast maybe the rights got bought for a tv show or a movie so it's like that's almost kind of an exclusivity deal because then the podcast eventually stops and then that content moves to a different format. But yeah. this is from my understanding, this, this Spotify is really the first that we've seen a kind of move that you're still a podcast. You're still technically delivered in the same way, but you're exclusive to an app instead of a service. But yeah. I don't know, and I feel like, like, and if you're if you're a podcast producer, and there's lots of zeros on some of these exclusivity deals from what we've seen, because I don't think we know actual numbers, but I think we have like here's what's rumored to cost. Like, it's I, I it would be I think it would be hard to pass that up. Just like if you're Howard Stern, it's really oh, sure. hard to pass up going to Sirius XM because sure. it's like that's that's life-changing amounts of money <laughs> so yeah because i mean it's like this i mean if they're gonna pay you outright mm -hmm. then honestly you don't even really need to worry about mm -hmm. anything else throughout the rest of the contract period yeah. i mean yeah even if your numbers dip it's not really on you it's yeah. on them yeah exactly and I, I can even make the argument that if i like for example, like Shenantics, like if someone offered us an exclusivity deal and we had previously relied on ad revenue, I can almost yeah. say like that almost frees us to create better content because we don't have to worry about what is appealing to advertisers anymore. So like sure. there's a, there's sure. an argument to be made there. It's like, oh, like now they don't have to worry about the business side of stuff. Like I can be a creative professional even more. Um, yeah. But so and I, that goes right into our ad read. Guys, this podcast is sponsored by the Church of Satan. Santa, you you read that wrong. Oh, is that Santa? <sighs> yeah. Oh, oh, fuck. I'm sorry. Oh, Church oh. of Santa. Come to the North Pole. You know, that second part makes sense now about the North Pole now, because I was <laughs> yeah. confused about this, the Satan part. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's okay, you know. Wow. We'll, we'll fix okay. it. We'll fix it in post. It'll be great. I don't think the I don't think the ad rep is gonna be happy about that one. <laughs> no. Only we had only we had Spotify money on this one. <laughs> it would have been great. So Oh man. But you know, I I, I will say this. Since we've been thinking about talking about the Spotify thing. Um, there has been another thing that, that you kind of have to consider if you're a content creator in that what happens if Spotify in a year and a half decides that, yeah, this podcasting isn't going to turn out the way we thought it is. So we're going to cut that feature from our app and we're going to, we don't want to do any of this anymore. Um, yeah. a la mixer and ninja, right? What happens when all of a sudden you're, you know, sugar daddy decides that they don't want to have a platform like that anymore and then now you've got to be like oh where do i bring my content to now so it's it'll be interesting like a joe rogan's a huge deal but let's say like you know google or because in rumors apple's already kind of putting feelers out on this but apple decides they want they want to make a bunch of these smaller deals and then where it's like oh well fine shenantics is exclusive on apple podcasts and now we've lost all of our android listeners and then in a year they're like eh, we don't really want to do that anymore and we're like oh okay well mm -hmm. now let's see if we can go rebuild our audience back the old way again now that's not to say we wouldn't be interested in an exclusivity deal yeah because yeah, yeah. if it has enough zeros i will do anything just think about this 
if you are a gigantic tech company yeah. or content provider, think about the credibility you get by signing an exclusivity deal with a podcast that was willing to speak out against your exclusivity deal. I mean, <laughs> talk about honesty. Exactly. Right? right? Transparency. You want, you want two honest guys who are going to tell you the truth about a situation? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Just pay me a lot of money. And we're covered. I'll say whatever you want. Me I'll to say, say whatever truth you need me to say. <laughs> I am not for sale for that amount of money, but maybe a little more. I'll do it. You put another you zero on there. We'll definitely talk about whatever you want yes. truthfully. Yes. So, um, but speaking about zeros, um, Epic and Apple apparently kind of got into an all-out brawl this past week. Yeah, yeah, I saw some. I saw some things about this. I yeah. told you before. I haven't read the t- the court documents quite yet, so I don't know what the. Do you know? Can you give me like kind of a gist? So here, here's my understanding of the situation. With also not having done the research before the podcast, but good. Um, we're really good <laughs> at, at current events. This is this is the most like current of events that we've ever reported on. It's like five days old. Anyways, oh, boy. Um, but uh, so from my understanding of the situation, uh, Epic pushed a, an update to Fortnite that was that didn't have to get approved by Apple, where inside the app you can buy the Fortnite in-game currency either through the Apple system, like you always have been able to, for $10, mm-hmm. or you can buy the currency at, through a direct payment to Epic for $7, which is essentially cutting out Apple's 30% cut. And Apple would... And that's against also against Apple's App Store guidelines or whatever. And mm-hmm. so Apple then turns around and pulls the Fortnite app off the App Store completely. So you can't download Fortnite anymore unless oh. you unless you previously purchased. I know, I know. Terrible, poor skanky. But if you think about it from Apple's kind of thing, that that was that kind of takes a, some cojones on that one to be like, sure. this is like the, one of the most popular video games, and we're just like, eh, okay, goodbye. Um, but at the same time, most everyone that's playing Fortnite at this point has already gotten it, so I don't yeah, think it's really going to hurt them that much. Yeah. Anyways, but so Apple took it down, and then. After that, Epic sues Apple for anti-competitive practices and Mm -hmm. has this nice intro about how, you know, Apple came on the scene to disrupt the, you know, they were the little guy and they were disrupting, disrupting the market. And, you know, fast forward to 2020 and now they're this big Goliath that's stomping all over the little guy and keeping innovation out and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's turned into a giant pissing match between Epic and Apple. And then Google also removed, um, Fortnite from the Google play store. And then Epic sued Google, uh, over the similar thing. I think their complaints are like almost exactly identical, except for like a find and replace Google with Apple or Apple with Google. So I don't know. It's just shit's going down. Shit's going down. What do you think about all this? Mommy and daddy are fighting. You know, you're muted. I am. Well, I'm just going to keep talking to myself while Skanky stays muted. He probably went. Oh, oh, sorry. There he is. (laughs) Sorry. I don't know how I became muted. Um, I I asked you, um, what did you what do you think about all this? I think I am. I am in support of Epic on this because I think Apple's 30% fee is egregious uh, at this point in time. Like maybe it made sense when the app store launched in 2008, but I don't think it makes sense anymore. I, yeah. so I support Epic in that, but at the end of the day, I think it's actually going to end up being the worst outcome overall because Epic's a giant fucking player also, right? It's not like a little guy fighting Goliath. Like they're both, titans of their industries and what's going to end up happening in is my guess is that apple is going to keep the 30 percent fee everyone's going to pay it but all of a sudden epic's going to have a sweetheart deal where they pay five percent or ten percent or something and it's going to get resolved that way so nothing's going to ever change um is what i imagine it's going to be i also but i do 
the conspiracy theory a little bit. I actually do okay. wonder if it isn't really about the money. Um, I do wonder if it's trying to take Apple down a peg because last week, like the week before that, there was the whole thing with Microsoft's um, xCloud or whatever streaming service only being available on Android because Apple yeah. said that they're not going to allow it on the App Store. And so I, maybe did Microsoft go to Epic and be like, hey, we've had enough with this big guy. Like, do you, do you want to, you, you and me, let's, let's see if we can kind of do something to bring about some change. So that would be, that'd be, that'd be interesting if that happened. I doubt it. And I really do think that it's eventually going to become where it's like Apple's going to settle and pay them five, make them pay or take 5% fees instead of 30 and it's all going to go away. And then we're still stuck with the shitty system that we currently have. But so I opened up the court documents. Okay. And, uh, I mean, this is like the most like drama queen complaint. (laughs) I think I've ever read in a court document. Yes. The way it starts in 1984, (laughs) the fledgling Apple computer company released the Macintosh. The first mass market consumer friendly home computer. The product launch was announced with a breathtaking advertisement evoking George Orwell's 1984 that cast Apple as a beneficial revolutionary for. I mean, come on. Just stop. Have you seen their ad? Yeah, I saw the ad too. The playoff, so, the Apple 1984 ad. Oh my God, please. This is this is what I think about this. Okay, tell oh me. Oh my God. Two big companies that make billions of dollars are fighting. Yep. Oh, like I don't, this is like, I don't care <laughs> about any of this. I hear I, you, but Apple's, Apple's 30% is so fucking greedy. Isn't that like almost the same as what Steam takes on games? Yeah. Don't they take like a fuck ton, which is why Epic, who is doing the same exact thing, although actually they're taking less percentage, right? So they can try to beat app, beat, sorry, uh, Steam. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that a whole thing they're trying to do? Yeah, yeah. I think they're, I think their whole thing is that like if you do have like, isn't it like if you make your game like Epic certified, then your fees are 15% instead of 30? So, Mcall, you're fine with that exclusivity? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. (laughs) You you kidding me? But I, I think the thing that I hated more and before the uh, podcast exclusivity is video game exclusivity. Let's be clear here. I want, I want, I want, and I hate it when it's like exclusive on a console and won't be on the other ones. And it's in PC. PC almost feels a little bit worse because I can't at least access the goddamn game. Um, But it's. God, the exclusive content, it just needs to die. Yeah, it's dumb. It needs to die. I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, speaking of ridiculous prices of shit, have you seen what's uh-huh. going on with Mulan? Oh, so me and Gabala had a whole conversation about this on stream the other day. Oh, yeah? I missed it. So she was talking about how she was cool with it all. Really? The $30. And I was kind of surprised because I was like, what the fuck? Like $30 to pay on top of what you're already paying mm-hmm. is a lot. Mm-hmm. So she was saying, which I thought was a good point, was that like if you have a family account, mm-hmm. so you have like, what is it, four people? I don't know. I don't, I don't have Disney Plus, so I don't know how it works. But if you have four people and you went to the movies to go see Mulan, mm-hmm. you would pay more than $30 mm-hmm. to go see it. Yeah. Which I guess like it kind of makes sense to me in that in that way. Yeah. But at the same time, when I can watch any other film mm-hmm. pretty much and I I I don't I need to pay $30, then like I'm not convinced that mm-hmm. I should pay $30 to do that because yeah. I have all these other movies that I can watch mm-hmm. and it's fine. Yeah. And I saw people on Twitter who were saying like, you know, Tenet is supposed to come out. Mhm. They were like, oh, like if you release Tenet tonight and you said, oh, you need to pay $99 to watch it, I'd watch it. This is a great idea. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys smoking? <laughs> yes. Like what what crack are you having? Like give it to me because I want to be on this train where I can spend $99 to watch Tenet, which by the way, at this point, hopefully it's a good movie. I it's know, gotten right? pushed back all these times. <laughs> yeah. But like, I mean... Who's, who thinks this is a good idea? 
that kind of stuff. I don't like, and like, so I, I, I see where Gabla is coming from that like, at least under the old model and under the theater model, it would cost you way more to go to the theater with like a group of people, um, like as a family. Um, but in, in the market that we currently have, it feels obscenely high. Um, mm. And it's kind of like what you said, like I, you can get all this other content for within your subscription or, you know, pay a bit more for a rental. Cause isn't it also for a rental that like you don't own Mulan? You, like it's, you get it for a period of time. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Either way, it's, it's just like within the market that, and granted, they're trying to change it a little bit because this is slightly different. Netflix doesn't really have like, you know, you get Netflix and it's, oh, but if you want to watch Roma, you have to pay extra money. Or if you want to watch Roma early, like it's almost like a pre-access fee, like you have to pay extra money. So they are trying to like change it and evolve it a bit. But $30 just feels so damn high to me. It feels just really, really, really high. And I'm someone that, you know, I mean, obviously a big difference between us is, A, I don't watch as many movies as you, but B, when I do, I'm not a big, like, theater person. I'd rather watch at home. And so I have for years wanted to be able to rent movies at theatrical release. And I think if they offered it, like, the $30 back then, I still don't think I would have paid the $30 back then, realistically. And so now yeah. it's like, you're asking me to subscribe to your service and then also pay additional content for content that you're going to create and eventually give me. And so I think that's why it's like, it feels high to begin with and then it feels almost like insult to injury the way that they're doing it. It'd be different if it was like, it's $30 and you can get it wherever you want to get it, but it's, I don't know, it just feels so, it just feels dirty to me. So, here, this is what they say. So, it's not exactly a rental fee. Okay. Because you'll have you'll pay the $30 and you can rewatch Mulan for as long as you have Disney+. Plus. Okay. Now, the thing that kind of fucks me up here a little bit is Disney+, Plus is $70 for a whole year. Yeah. $30 on top of that mm-hmm. for one movie. Mm-hmm. Is kind of crazy. Yeah. Also, is it ever going to come to Disney Plus then? Like, because the way they they pitch the thirty dollar one is like you sure. get it for as long as you get Disney Plus, and it's like okay, but if you're going to release it there, even a year later, like, well, the thirty dollars is essentially I get it for a year. Like, I get it access at a year before anyone else is what that becomes. If it ever does come to Disney Plus, if it isn't ever going to come to Disney Plus outside of the thirty dollar fee, that is even more crazy to me. That'd be yeah. absolutely insane. I mean, I doubt that that's going to happen, um, especially when they made such a big deal that Disney Plus is going to have the entire Disney Vault on it for the first time ever. You can watch the entire Disney Vault at one time, um, yeah. and so I just I can't imagine that it wouldn't ever come. And so if it does, then pitching it thirty dollars and also thirty dollars you get it as long as you have Disney Plus. So as long as I keep paying my monthly fee, I get it right. So it's not like yeah. 30, it's not like a DVD. Like can you imagine no. like you pay thirty dollars for the DVD, but like if you stop paying your five dollars a month or whatever it is, like then that DVD stops working. That'd be crazy. So it's just it's this. I don't know. It's I feel like I feel like we're we're at the very beginning of the worst part of content delivery when it could have been such a beautiful marriage of content and the internet. But I, I, I imagine it's about to get really bad. So I think what this, this is gonna, this is a huge test for Disney. This mm-hmm. $30 thing, mm-hmm. because they had released other movies before on Disney plus exclusively, mm-hmm. like the trolls world tour thing, Hamilton. Uh, well, Hamilton, you didn't have to pay for They just added That's it on true. there. Oh but wait! The Trolls movie you had to pay for. Oh really? You did? Yeah, it was twenty dollars. So they've done this before. They had, they did it for Scoob. It says on here, according to Good Housekeeping, which is my favorite magazine. Sponsor us. Um, <laughs> exclusive deal. <laughs> exclusive deal. So Scoob, which I didn't even know was a movie that came out, uh, that you paid twenty dollars, huh. and then for Trolls World Tour, you also paid twenty dollars. So now it seems like they're trying to raise the roof on it. A little yeah, bit. yeah. On like a you know a big name Disney mm-hmm. movie, mm-hmm. Um, to see what they can get away with, yeah. and to see if they can get 
something equal to a box office yeah. opening, which is a little scary, I think, for the theaters, maybe. Mm-hmm. If this does become very successful, which honestly, Disney people love their Disney movies mm-hmm. and they're going to go and buy this and watch it. Yeah. And then this really, to me, also goes a lot towards uh, to, towards Gavlo's point. Without comparing the price to what it costs to bring a family to the theater, regardless of that, if I had kids... I, and I knew Mulan is a movie that they love, I would probably have no problem paying it because knowing how kids watch movies, they are going to watch it a trillion times. And so sure. it's like, it's like I probably would have no problem paying, paying the $30 if I have kids, which is why they're pricing it at that, which also why, is why it feels greedy to me. But like maybe a tiered price system because I will say as... But then that doesn't work. We all know streaming accounts are shared with everyone anyway. So it's like, I don't, you know, it's, I, it, there just feels like, I guess this might be the only option. If you think that $30 is what the market's going to pay, it just, it feels, it feels like we're entering a very dark time to me. Like Disney Plus mm-hmm. is going to be great for all the classics, but every time there's a new release, if you want to watch it, you know, fork over money. And then it's like you said, it's no longer a $70 a year thing. Like imagine if they have four releases that you want to see. In a year, you're now 120 plus 70. You're getting close to $200 a year just on your Disney Ooh. subscription. And on top of That's... all the other ones that you have to pay, which we've talked about that ad nauseum about how it's like I can spend $300 just by subscribing to Peacock and Netflix and everything else under the sun. <laughs> Peacock. So, yes. <laughs> Who subscribes to Peacock? I have no idea. I haven't even downloaded the app. <laughs> I think it's free. Some it of it's free. free. That's how That's how bad it is. That's how egregious it is to me is that it's free. And I still even downloaded the damn thing. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, dude, they didn't do a very good marketing job I'm on like that. I'm like so burnt out on new streaming services. So Yeah, I've kind of cut a lot of them out. Yeah. I'm trying I have to- Netflix. I have Criterion Channel because I love to support my Criterion boys and girls. And then I have uh, that's it. I think we have we have Netflix and HBO, and we have our free oh, Disney. We have our free Disney Plus one for a bit longer, and then we have Amazon Prime because we have Amazon Prime to begin with. But I think actually, so I have HBO, and Gabla borrows it, and I take her Netflix. Okay, <laughs> yep. So the the standard the standard, the uh, standard. millennial lifestyle. Yes, yes. Also, can we talk quickly about HBO and what the fuck's going on with HBO Max and all this shit? Yes, well, real quick, and then we'll wrap this bad boy up. What the fuck? (laughs) Number one, okay? Yeah. They totally fucked this up. Yeah. They had one job. They did a great job with it on HBO Go. It was working just fine, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Then they were like, hey, guys, we're going to make HBO now Mm -hmm. because, you know, for people who who can't, um, you know, don't have HBO... We're going to let you siphon it and, you know, create your own subscription. We're not going to let you buy into HBO Go, even though they're exactly the same thing. We're going to make our own separate thing. Okay. Yeah, that totally makes sense. A couple years later. Hey, guys. So, by the way, HBO Max, what do you think? We're going to just combine it all into one. Why didn't we do it at the beginning? So, HBO Max. You like that? (laughs) It's... It is a shit show. There's going to be other things on there, too, that you can watch. It's so bad. And then, you know what? It comes out. Oh, great. You know what? Oh, my HBO Go app on my Roku uh, uninstalls itself. No problem. Not available anymore. No problem. I'll just download the HBO Max app. What? They didn't make it yet? Mm -hmm. Oh. Okay. Is it ever going to come out? Or... (laughs) Yep. Yeah. That's my TED talk. Thank you. I I think that you know, I what the, the, these are so damn infuriating because what we're seeing is companies that are content owners mm-hmm. are bumbling their way through technology type thing. Like a big and I think I I don't know this for sure, but I I think that a big reason of the shit show of HBO Max is because of licensing deals. And I think it was they wanted to recollect all of their money under one roof again. Because like HBO Go was 
essentially, oh, we pay our share out to the cable companies for including us in bundles, and that's HBO Go. HBO Now is like, oh, now we're our separate thing, except we let a lot of people in on this licensing thing, like Apple and Google and you know Amazon yeah. and stuff like that. And so then they go like, oh, well, if we just create one more, like it can just be like pure HBO, and we don't have to give everyone, anyone a share. And the reason why I truly believe that was the main motivation behind it is because my HBO now subscription is billed through Apple because I signed up in the app because I got uh-huh. like a few months free or whatever. And I got emails nonstop about like, just so you know, your HBO now is going to disappear, but don't worry. You can download our new app and sign up there or sign up directly at our website or whatever. And I was like, uh, okay. And then it was like, Three days before the switch happened, they go, good news, You your HBO Now subscription will automatically convert to an HBO Max subscription. I'm like, wait a second. That sounds a lot like someone finally worked out a deal with another company <laughs> about your royalties because my, my HBO Now one automatically converted. But then magically, Roku, doesn't sound like you were able to strike your deal over there because yeah. all of a sudden that turns into a giant shit show. And it's like... It, it it just feels like it's like we are seeing like the bubbling up of like content licensing talks and it's like getting a f- you, like little taste of it at the public level for the first time ever. And it's awful. It's just this is terrible. Just like. Just, just do it from the beginning. I, <laughs> I agree. Like it's I get it like licensing deals, you know, whatever. But like what? Why? All that, like it's 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 kind of embarrassing for a big company like this. It is, yeah, to be fucking up this badly. It seems. I will say though, a little bit to their credit is at the beginning when HBO Go came out. I don't think anyone knew that the world, what the streaming world was going to be the way it was now. Because like I remember when Netflix like first like had their streaming plan, and like really it was a joke. Like. I remember like you would maybe go on it to see if you can find something, but everyone still had the DVDs and no one used streaming. And then it felt like there was at some point there was a change where just all anyone used was the streaming part of it. And it was like, if you would have asked me when Netflix streaming first came on, I'd be like, there's no way that that's going to like, no way people are just going to use that. And it's like, oh shit, I would got completely wrong. And so I can imagine if you're HBO, you're like, well, how can we keep our current customer base but give them a few more features like watching on like their phone or something like that? And so like, oh, let's do this HBO Go thing. And then if you look back at it now, it's like, why the fuck did you do that? Like, why didn't you do this whole other thing that yeah. was much smarter? But I think at that time, the HBO Go route was maybe the right way to go, but I don't know. Or it seemed like it was going to be the right way to go, but I agree with you. It's like... It felt like misstep after misstep after misstep. And really, HBO Now should have been the HBO Max move, right? Like, that, that, that's the one that's a real fuck up, is that middle yeah. HBO Now thing. Like, I can understand if HBO Go, they're like, hey, this is when it's tied to all the cable guys. We don't want that anymore because that's old. So let's do this HBO Max, which is the new way of doing it. If they would just would have done that one, then it would have looked a lot less like you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Dummies. I don't know, man. HBO Max. And also, it's AT&T. Are you all that surprised? <sighs> Fuck them. I hate all these companies, M. Cole. I do, too. I really I hate do. them all. They all I, suck. I do. I agree. That's the thing. is, I feel like none of them have goodwill anymore. I feel like there's not any company where I'm like, I feel like I like the company. I feel like I'm like beholden to using them for various things, like begrudgingly. So, Criterion, man. The only channel... Anyway, that is good. I'll, I'll pitch it to Sarah. I'll say, can we get rid of everything and just have Criterion? And Dude, you'll, you'll, your cinematic universe will expand exponentially. Mm, that's, that is true. But you know what I'll miss out on? I watched what? another amazing show that I recommend what? to you on Netflix, Dating on the Spectrum. It is this docuseries. Did you tell me that or no? No, I didn't tell you this one. Oh, okay. I told you, you about, about another dating one. You watch a lot of dating shows. I do watch a lot of dating shows. Dating Around is the other one I told you, but this is like a... a oh, short, Dating Around, yeah. Okay. But uh, Dating on oh. Spectrum is this like short little shortish kind of like docuseries, I would say, um, where they follow and interview and talk to people that are on the autism spectrum and their challenges in 
dating and that finding a partner. It is. It's very well done. I was very hesitant to watch it because I was worried that it would be like too heartbreaking for me. Mm. Um, and also like not well done, but I, it was absolutely fantastic and I strongly recommend everyone go watch it. So, Oh, it, it, okay. yeah, so it's, it's not on Criterion. It's on not, uh, Netflix. So if you oh, go over okay. there. Well, I guess you can't cancel Netflix then. Yeah. Well, no, I already watched it. You can't cancel. Well, you can't have Gabla cancel. So. I don't. We're fine. <laughs> All right, you guys. That's been another episode of Shenantics. New episodes go live bright and early Monday morning, just in time for your workday, school day, chores, commute, whatever you do. We are there to hang out with you. you find the podcast anywhere you find podcasts, including the iTunes Store, the Google Play Store, at our website at shenantics.rocks, Spotify, even if that's what your jam is, even after Ooh. this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you have any comments or questions, send us a tweet at twitter.com slash shenanticspod or an email at podcast at gmail.com. If you want to join the uh, discussion, uh, go to the Discord, discord.shenantics.rocks, and there's uh, people there to talk to you. It's Genki. Yes, we did get offered like $1,500 by GoDaddy. Or $2,000. Some huge amount of money for our domain That's name. our exclusivity it, deal. It is. And I told them no. So it's uh, so we, uh, we're we stuck with this thing. <laughs> we could rebrand. We could rebrand. It's easy. Re-brand. We should have. Oh, shit. We should have cashed out while we could. Yes. So we're where can, where can GoDaddy find you on the internet to give you They can the find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash skanky, S-K-X-N-K-Y, and on Twitter at iSkanky, I-S-K-N-K-Y. DM me. We'll talk about the pricing. M. Cole, where can they find you? They can find me on... Uh, I don't know. I think I'm leaving. I don't Instagram. know Instagram. Do you still have that? I do, but it might be short lived. So if you want, you want, send me an email. Contact at mcall.tv. Ooh, throw in the email. Exactly. Want to throw your phone number in there? Your social security as well? <laughs> no, no. I'll, I'll let me look up yours. Or I'll just read that one up. <laughs> we'll leave. We'll leave a little bit more to be desired. Yes, yes. <laughs> Tune in next week to find out one of our phone numbers and one social security number. Only the last four digits. Well, I was gonna say I was gonna, I was gonna over the course of the episode I would just like say a number and you had to Seven. string them all. <laughs> you got to put it all together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dedicated listeners. So little do you know, I have over the course of the entire history of the podcast i have put skinky's phone number in the episode titles you just gotta track it down (laughs) oh shit (laughs) all right okay all right bye